Thank you very much. Good morning. Wow. Lots of people in the room this morning. It's exciting. It's good to see you all here and welcome to you online as well. Of our life coaching series, living your best life, living life to the full. Sorry, get the name right. Um, we are very early on in this, and life coach Larry up there is going to be with us for a little while, for a few more months, um, as we just explore some rhythms, some habits, some practices we can put into our lives to basically become the best versions of ourselves we can be, and live life to the full. Oh, I need to turn my doofer on. That helps, doesn't it? Gosh. So these are the, the list of kind of topics we're going to be covering over the next few months. Um, we've greyed out the ones we've done already, some meaty ones covered so far. And this morning, I'm going to be talking to you, as Vic said, about creating spaces, silence and solitude. Or in other words, creating moments in the quiet to be alone with God. Dallas Willard, who's a famous theologian, called silence and solitude the two most radical disciplines of the Christian life. Which puts quite a high barrier on learning more about this. And in the culture and time we find ourselves in at the moment, this is something that I really think that we're needing to relearn more and more. And it's so important we do so to give us more opportunity to step into the fullness of life that God has for us. And as I've been preparing for this and reading up and listening and, and making notes, I just want to, this has affected me quite, quite deeply. And I was speaking to someone earlier on this week and I realised how I thought I was reasonably okay at this. But I've still got so much to learn about creating spaces for that. And I just want to pray as we start that God speaks to you as, through this this morning and inspires you and helps you into a deeper sense of relationship with him as we talk about that. So Holy Spirit, Father, we love you. Come and just speak to us right now. Come and deepen out our heart's relationship with you. As we talk about spending time with you, how much more amazing can that be? But use this to draw us closer to inspire us to set our fire on heart for you again this morning. You're a good, good father and we love you so much. And what a pleasure it is to spend time with you in your presence. Amen. Thank you. Now, as I'm sure, as I was speaking about silence and solitude, I'm sure that's um, created a different kind of different sorts of responses in you across the room. The more extroverted among you, like my dear wife, are thinking, why do I even need to talk about this? The thought of sitting quietly for just five minutes blows your mind a little bit. But I think there's probably people on the other end of the spectrum as well, who are the introverts in the room whose ears are pricking up and going, tell me a bit more. And I'm not sure where you would place yourself on that scale. But for me, the thought of solitude is actually one I actually quite enjoy. Wednesday is my day off from everything Asher Vineyard and I will generally try and take myself off somewhere as part of that day on my own for a walk um, to the beach or a drive. I love it up at the Devil's Needing Trough on the wide downs. Or if the weather's really bad, I just potter around the house on my own, quite enjoying that time to myself. 
And I love moments in places like this. So this is um, this photo was taken on Thursday evening. Um, this is at the lake in Lyd where Vicky goes swimming. And that's her in the orange blob there, if you wondered, <laughs> swimming around. <laughs> but... Um, Did you just call your wife an orange blob? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a tow float that hangs off the back of her while she's swimming about. <laughs> but um, but just, I love going to places like this and just finding the peace and quiet there. As she mentioned herself, actually, being around those spaces is, yeah, this is a great place of silence and just being on my own with God. However, having said that I like the solitude, I realised as I've been reading about this and preparing that the solitude itself is just the beginning. And I, I've been considering how often... I go for a walk, but I have my, ear, my headphones in my ears. Whether that's music, a podcast, or even around my own house. I, there have been times when I've been known to have Sky Sports News on in one room, Test Match Special in another room, and then some other sporting commentary on, and Vic has commented, of, like, what, what's going on here? You've just got sound everywhere. And even in the car as well. I'm one of those people who likes to have some noise. Worship music, sometimes Radio 5, Radio Ashford, whatever it is. But generally a noise of some point. And even if there's no audio, there's visual. Is it watching Netflix, playing Candy Crush, which I don't do, I must say, but um, I know some of you. And I've recently actually started doing the, the Samurai Sudoku in the Times, which we get delivered every Saturday. Um, now, I, I know, well, now this has, I've realised in the last three weeks, this has started to take up an inordinate amount of my time. <laughs> it's, um, um, and it's this visual stimulus thing and things that fill my brain. And I don't know if you can think of things in your own life that just fill this stimuli that you have in your life. Not all of them are necessarily bad things on their own, but it's when they just crowd everything else out. And they become that, that noise, that, that just that hum that's just there all the time. Are we missing out on something by not letting silence into our lives? By not cutting out that noise? Silence nowadays means so much more than stopping the audio noise in our lives. It's silencing all of that visual stuff as well. The distractions of the world around us. So I am 36, I will happy to admit, and I still do have a memory of a life before mobile phones, when boredom was probably an actual thing that happened. <laughs> when you stood in a queue for a coffee or at the supermarket, you just stood there, took in the world, or maybe even chatted to someone. Rather than adopting this position, checking your emails, playing Candy Crush, whatever, and I remember even going on a plane as well and having to read the in-flight magazine because I hadn't had an iPad with me to watch the films. <laughs> Who does that nowadays? The technolo technological advancements today are great, but have a lot to answer for. And I wonder if you can guess, you, can just, you don't need to shout out, but wonder, when, when Microsoft surveyed a whole load of people and asked them what they did when faced with nothing else to do, what percentage do you think said they would just pick up their phone? 
was actually 78% of people interviewed, which is actually lower than I expected it to be. But out of all the people they spoke to, 77% of people said instead of just sitting there and taking time, breathing, enjoying the space around them, they just picked this up. Are you and I missing out on something when we don't create spaces and moments for silence and solitude into our lives? Now, you may have this completely down and go, yeah, I've got this nailed. But I very much think this is still something I have to learn and want to get better at as I seek to spend more time with God in these moments. Why do we need the space for silence? Why do we need to shut off the noise? A.W. Tozer, another theologian, said, more spiritual progress can be made in one short moment of speechless silence in the awesome presence of God than in years of studying him. I think there's so much truth in that. Creating space for silence allows God to speak to us amidst the chaos that we find ourselves in. And I want to show you this from a, a, a story in the Bible back in the Old Testament in the first half, which is kind of the history of the Jewish people, amongst other things. But there's a prophet called Elijah who, who was talking to God's people. That was what God was calling him to do. And he got to a point where basically no one was listening to him anymore. He was suffering a really difficult time of depression. He'd gone to God and said, I might as well just throw myself off the cliff. And God effectively responds by sending him up a mountain and he says, wait there. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, it says this, Go stand on the mountain at the attention before God, and God will pass by. So I think it's an angel that says that to Elijah. And so Elijah goes up there, and a hurricane wind ripped through the mountains, shattered the rocks before God, but God wasn't to be found in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but God wasn't in that earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire, but God wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, a gentle and quiet whisper. Now God had spoken before through hurricanes, through earthquakes, through fires, through different people throughout the Old Testament. So Elijah would have expected to hear God in those moments. But instead, he heard God after the fire in a gentle and quiet whisper. Now the translation of this, um, a gentle and quiet whisper doesn't even really cut where God's voice was in that moment. The translation of that passage said that God spoke in the sound of sheer silence, which blows my mind. That's zero decibels. So when I was at the lake with Vic on Thursday, I actually got my decibel meter out, just to check. <laughs> and at that point, there were 30, I think it, it averaged about 35 to 40 decibels at the lake. But the translation of this passage and where Elijah heard God speak in the sound of sheer silence. God's voice doesn't need to be a loud, booming one. It's those quiet moments in silence and solitude where we switch off that we can engage with him we can hear him in the sound of the silence now people have struggled to explain that um, there's a famous song called the sound of silence 
Um, but what does that even begin to look like and what does that understand? That God dwells in the silence. Now, in preparing for this talk, I was reminded of a podcast series that I listened to um, the beginning of the year called Fight, Hustle, End Hurry. It's um, by a guy called John Mark Comer and um, another guy called Jeff, whose surname I've currently forgotten. Um, but they cover a whole load of topics, a lot of which we're going to be looking at over the course of this series. But one of their episodes is around this kind of spiritual discipline of silence and solitude. And in that episode, they talk about being proactive rather than reactive when it comes to creating space for silence and solitude in our lives. Now, being reactive is getting to the point where tiredness, the paths that we've made for our thoughts, see last week's talk, stress, life, fear, all weigh heavily on us to the point that the inevitable straw that broke the camel's back happens. And we react in unhealthy ways to seemingly small things. It's that natural reaction that kicks in as our, what's called our limbic system in our brain, the emotional responses that we go through just kick in and we're living with that kind of limbic reaction, that emotional reaction to everything around us. Now that happened a little bit to me this, this week. On Friday I was a little bit overtired and um, I received an email that I actually took a little bit in the wrong way and then someone had done this amazingly kind thing for me that I then uh, took a bit of offence to. And um, Now this is completely out of my character, I'll be up to admit that. But, and I realised very soon after the moment that I hadn't reacted in the most healthy way. But my tiredness and everything else in that moment had affected me, uh, affected my reaction to that such a small, actually really kind thing. And I look back and so I'd reacted out of the chaos, my emotion. My mind wasn't in the right place at that time. But compare this to a proactive response to silence and solitude where we take time intentionally to sit quietly with God, listening to who he is and spending time with him. And if we're living our lives out of that, spending that time with God in the sheer silence as best as we can get, then his fruits, his, his kindness, his love, his joy, his peace, his patience is going to shine out of us. As we spend time with him, his characters will start, characteristics will start reflecting from us. I know that the times when I'm proactively spending time with God in solitude and silence allow me to manage those times where I feel overwhelmed a lot easier. And to be honest, there's generally a pretty quick shift that happens for me. If I don't fill that tank regularly, the limbic response, the reactive response starts to kick in again. And this isn't about retreating from the world, but retreating for the world. Jesus was a great example of this. And it describes him in Luke 5, which is in the New Testament, one of the stories about Jesus' life, that he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He took himself away repeatedly, over and over again. And this is where we get this example of him taking kind of time just to go and get away from the crowd, go and spend time with his father. And throughout all of the Gospels, Jesus is described as doing this, even at times inviting his disciples with him as well. 
And Jesus is the example that sets us, because he didn't withdraw and not come back again. He withdrew, but then did come back. He withdrew and then placed himself amongst people, but he needed that time away before crashing and burning. He needed that time with his father. And even Jesus needs time with his father, then we need that even more surely. So I ask you this morning, what are the noises in your life that need to be quieted? The samurai sudokus, the candy crush, the, the music you listen to. What are the spaces you need to create so you can hear God speaking and react in a way that reflects who he has created you to be? Now this comes with a bit of a health warning. I don't know if any of you know what this is. Looks like a torture chamber, doesn't it? This is an anechoic chamber that's used by NASA to train astronauts on how to manage the silence of space. I don't know whether you know, but in space you can't really hear anything at all. And it drives people crazy just to sit in there for 30 to 40 minutes when you are just creating the sound in the room. All you can hear is your breathing, your joints creaking, your organs working. And the astronauts need to be trained specifically for this. And I see this as a bit of a metaphor for when we choose to take time in silence and solitude. It's why I wonder whether this is the reason why the anxiety creeps in about taking this time, why we worry about it. It's because we fear the voices that are going to come. The noises in our life cover those up a lot of the time. But when you start switching those off, your inner voice starts shouting at you. Your headspace fills with doubt, anxiety. Most of all, well, all of those are lies that you speak over yourself or people have spoken over you before. But it's in this space where you can take those thoughts captive and you can turn it and start to hear God through that as you practice this. And just like the astronauts need to spend time acclimatizing in this chamber, so we need to start spending time practicing. So what does this actually look like practically? Firstly, I want to tell you that you can't succeed or fail at this. All you can do is show up and be patient. This takes some people years to master and if you start judging yourself and going, I'm so bad at this or this isn't for me, it's just going to put you off. So I would encourage you to do that and to put it in your diary. It's okay to diarise it. It doesn't make it any less special if it's spontaneous or just living out of the holiness of who I am, that I'm suddenly going to slip into meditation and commune with my Holy Father. <laughs> it's okay to put it in the diary. Some people start out, prefer to do it in the morning, but it's about finding a time and a place that works best for you. Set an achievable goal. If you've never done anything like this before, I wouldn't advise going off to a week-long silent retreat in a monastery. Three to five minutes as a starting point, maybe even three or four times a week is a great place to start as you practice and get to know what it feels like for you to spend time in silence and solitude with a father who loves you dearly. And my last practical bit of advice is to put this away. Put it in another room, put it down, because for me, this is one of the biggest distractors for, of my life. And I know the times when I actually lock it away and effectively go, right, that's in another room. I'm not tempted. I'm not distracted by it. So I want to encourage you over the next week, weeks or so, to try and put some of these things in place. Put it in the diary for you to spend 
maybe just five minutes as a starting point with God alone in the silence without the distractions. And what I want to do now in the last few minutes that we've got is create space for us to start practicing that now. There's going to be some slides that come up on the screen um, in the room here and online as well. If you're on the podcast, I'm very sorry, this might not be quite as effective for you, but um, if you want to look us up on YouTube, you're very welcome to engage there and have a look at this. So I just want to encourage you right now to get comfortable in your chair. Some slides are going to kind of, kind of going to come up. They're going to guide you through this. But this is an opportunity for us to start the process of seeing what it looks like to spend time in silence with a Father God who loves us. Father God, we thank you that you love us, dear. You love it when we just come and sit and spend time with us. We spend time with you. Keep our hearts burning for you. Keep our hearts longing after you. Help us to find you in the quiet places in our lives. We just catch moments of quietness, of stillness with you as we set aside time as well to speak to you and to be with you in the silence and the solitude. You're a good, good Father. Thank you. We love you. Amen. You can open your eyes. Just on five minutes of silence. Those of you who are counting. Wow. So that's a very kind of simple exercise and there's more stuff like that on websites like Practicing the Way is a great place to go. They have a page on silence and solitude and I'd recommend you have a look at that. And there's books out there about it as well that um, you can look up online and we, will be, we can let, get information about those to you if you want as well. So I encourage you to go away, take time. Spending time with God in the silence and solitude is such a beautiful thing. And I know I'm, I'm inspired to do more of that. So come and ask me how that's going for me as well. I'd love to talk with you about that. That's about time for everything we've, uh, all the time we've got for anything this morning. Thank you so much for joining us, for being here. And know that you go with absolute blessing and God's love upon you. And we look forward to seeing you again next Sunday or at something else in the week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org, or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week, and know just how loved you are.